Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Embrace the Suck with Brendan. Brought to you by Wheel of Hand Development, this is your host, Brendan. Sometimes we get kicked in the mouth, and life sucks. That's just what it is. But you're tougher than that. You didn't fold. You embraced it. You grew from it. Now help the next person in line. We want to hear your story. If you've embraced the suck, maybe through loss, depression, stress, jobs, finances, or other life events, pass on what you know and help somebody else. If you're an expert in an industry and can help us avoid the suck, well, we'd appreciate that too. But we don't want fancy fancy. This is real talk for real people. You can reach out directly at wheelahandevelopment at gmail.com or through LinkedIn and Facebook at Brendan Wheelahan. And now that that's out of the way, let's get after it. Enjoying and easily navigating change is not something that comes natural to any of us. Our brain's most central function is to keep us alive. But change brings about loss of control and uncertain outcomes. It's more work, it's uncomfortable, and it usually stings a bit. But running away from change is running away from life. From the changing seasons to career 180s and everything in between, our world changes faster and faster each day. Knowing that every human walking this planet is born to fear change means that if you push just a tiny bit outside your comfort zone and consistently embrace change, you'll hold a dominant advantage over most of the world. Today's conversation is about just that. Today's conversation is with my friend Raquel, who's got over five years of management experience in the healthcare industry, and her take on how she embraces change daily. Raquel, thanks for being on here. Why don't you say hi to everybody real quick before we get going? Hello, how's it going? So let's just start it off with, personally, tell me how you feel about change. Is it something that you're pretty comfortable with now, or does it give you a bit of anxiety? At this point, I'm very comfortable with it. Um, initially, in my personal life and in work life, I would say it was a little bit tough to deal with change at first. Um, I think it's something that you develop over time being comfortable with it, but it takes a lot of practice, um, and it takes a lot of um, you know, talking yourself into how can you be better at something? How do you, you know, take things little by little? So I think it definitely is something that you're not just born being good at it. Right. How long do you think you were scared of change before you were confident in saying that, hey, yeah, I'm okay with this now. I'm, I'm all right with this. Well, it definitely took screwing up a few times first to um, consider myself being comfortable with it. I would say with work, um, being comfortable with it, it definitely, like I said, took me a few times. But I would say once I messed up a few times where, you know, maybe I didn't communicate something well enough for a change and I knew it was my fault or, you know, it's something where... 
um, somebody didn't get the message and, you know, some, there was a part of the change that I was trying to implement that it didn't happen well. I, I definitely think that I learned from it and, you know, that made me more comfortable, but I think a lot of anxiety from change comes from lack of communication on things. People don't necessarily understand why you're doing something. You know, if you tell someone, Hey, you need to do this differently and they have no idea what it impacts. They don't, they don't understand, you know, why they're doing it. How does it, impact them? How does it impact, you know, their, their daily workflow? They're less inclined to, to make that change, I, I would say. And I think that's the same for my personal life. I, you learn by your mistakes, honestly. And, you know, if you have a lot to change in your life, you're not going to be good at it right off the bat. You just have to dive in and give it your best shot. Like I said, take a little by little and, you know, just work with yourself, be realistic. Sure. Let's go back. All right. I want to get your perspective a little bit on some of the things that you look at and you consider as a manager now, when you have to implement a change, or maybe you're maybe not even implement it yet. Maybe you're considering, hey, something has to change here. It's not broke, but we're not running very well. We are breaking down. We got to figure something out. Can you talk to me a little bit high level of what is that process like? How do you how do you get the wheel spinning there? What are some of the things you start looking at? What's the information that you want to take in just to start considering the change process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the interesting things about my job is that I work on a lot of operations. Um, we are looking every day at our volume, at our you know patient workflow. We're looking at the flow of the entire office. So one thing that I can say, um, a project that we just recently worked on, we were at capacity for one of our um, modalities that we offer. And there's a lot of different factors that play into it. So somebody has you know an issue, they need to be seen right away. These are appointments that are you know, pretty emergent. They're pretty sensitive to the patient. They want to get in right away. They're scared. So if we have a nine to 10 day wait time, you can imagine that it's only going to get worse. So, you know, coming up with a plan to fix it and looking at all of the issues that impact it, it's very difficult. You have your providers, you have um, hours of operation, you have the techs, you have certain limitations to the rooms, you have, um, you know, the scheduling for it too. There's a portion where you have multiple people working on a schedule. There's a lot of planning that goes into leading a change that you have to think about the bigger picture. We could, you know, potentially open up one extra day a week or extend, you know, one hour, but do we have the resources to do that? So you know, in this problem that I actually just worked on, um, it seemed like it was almost impossible. And so I got a group together and we basically looked at from start to finish, what is this going to look like from, you know, the immediate future? And what is this going to look like six months out versus nine months out? You know, when we all got together, we actually 
came up with um, a restructuring of our existing workflow in a way where we created templates. You know, sometimes if you let someone freely schedule something, you're not going to have everybody thinking, oh, I shouldn't leave 15 minutes there because eventually that's, you know, reducing the amount of patients that can get in for the day. So it wasn't an immediate change that we saw, but we edited all of our templates actually for this one, um, you know, imaging modality. And within three months, we saw a reduction. So I think the bigger picture of it is looking at your immediate results versus your end results. We could, like I said, add on a, you know, an extra day. That's only a temporary fix. But when you adjust something to set yourself up for long term, I think that works out best. I like that. The looking at the immediate versus the end results. I want to stay on that for a second because it's it's so easy to forget that any type of change uh, is like planting a seed. You're not going to reap the harvest the day you plant the seed. And we're extremely impatient people uh, <laughs> just by nature. And our society is not helping us any with overnight shipping and instant access to everything we want. It's really hard to look at the end results when you want the carrot today. How do you, how do you try and direct yourself there when you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily you're trying to to convince other people of this change yet, but w- even when just you're thinking in your own mind, how do you keep yourself from dra- grabbing that immediate carrot and looking to the end results? Well, I would say yes instant gratification is <laughs> in our nature. We all want something you know, immediate right now. But when you're working on operations that involve multiple different people, multiple different departments, things like that, um, you have to look at the bigger picture and look at the end result because no matter what, it, sometimes it's very hard to even make those immediate changes and your problem's still going to be there. So yeah, say I, I you know, have one carrot that, you know, like you said, the seed um, analogy, you have one carrot that's ready to pick right now. But if you wait a few months, you might have multiple carrots and they might be a a lot bigger. So the reward is bigger. So in the situation, you know, where we were editing our templates and our schedules, we made changes that we didn't see immediately. Um, but we started to see them gradually. And in the end, we actually were really successful in reducing the days out that we were scheduling for this certain modality. Patients were able to get in sooner. Um, It was trial and error. We had to go back and review what we did several times. We got feedback from the providers. We got feedback from the scheduling team. We got feedback from our own team within, you know, do we see spots that we're leaving open still? Do we have wasted time in our schedules where, you know, this modality or this certain exam isn't filling. We made it very specific, but at the same time, it was getting a lot of feedback from those that it impacted. And, you know, not just, we think we did a good job and that's the end of it because, you know, we tried something new. It's a lot of going back, checking on what you did and making sure that all the pieces of the puzzle fit together. I like what you said there. You have to look at the end results because there's multiple different people involved. And I think that's a great transition piece because what I was going to ask you after this is how this applies to your personal life. And I think that's a perfect quote to pull out of that to bring it over to the personal life because even when we go through change 
not business related at all, whether it be moving houses, moving jobs, um, buying a new car and shopping for all that, whatever the change is, at least for me, it's, it's really easy to forget sometimes that there are so many other people that are impacted when it's outside of business. When it's in business, it's kind of easy because you know what your resources are, you know what departments have to take care of, of what. When I take my business hat off, that's when everything kind of gets blended and I kind of forget about how much things impact everybody else. So I want to I wanna talk to you and ask you a little bit about how, how the strategies, wow, how the strategies you've learned implementing changes and trying to figure out when a change is necessary from being a leader influence the way that you deal with change personally. Drawing from those work experiences, talk to me about how that impacts personal changes that you make or have to decide on. So I would say I draw from my work experiences um, and I've learned from observing the way that others manage change. I use that in my own life now. Um, actually, managing change for me has always been something that I haven't been terrible at it because I feel like I look at change as a new adventure and it's a new way to keep learning and keep evolving. I tend to get bored very easily and I think that's also something that happens in the workplace. So I think that change is needed at times to keep people engaged, keep people, you know, wanting to keep um, interacting with you and learning. And for me, being a person that gets bored very easily, I think change is a way that I keep myself entertained and keep myself learning and growing. That's the perfect mindset to have when dealing with change, trying to look at it from an opportunity to grow a little more, to learn a little more. But I can't imagine that was always the way you thought about it. How did you teach yourself? to look at it that way because that uh, I mean that's going to make change so much easier for so many people if you can just look at it as this is a new adventure I wonder what I can learn today then it's not scary I used to be extremely fearful of change and now I kind of adopt that same mentality where let's just go along for the ride and see what happens how did you change to get to that mindset because you weren't always like that how did you how did you convince yourself to open up and just kind of ride the roller coaster a little bit so I have to say, um, growing up, my parents got me involved in a lot of stuff. They were always pushing me to join new sports, to try out a new activity, to, you know, make friends with the person that, you know, is really shy because maybe they need help, you know, to be that person or to have somebody to open up to. Um, it just takes a little bit of, you know, push sometimes. So I, I will say that I think that actually helped me with change in my life. And I I think now that looking back, that was a way, getting involved in things was a way to manage change for me. If you constantly have the same daily routine where every day, you know, you wake up, you either go to school or go to work at the end of the day, you go home, you make dinner, you watch TV, you go to bed, you're going to fear change because you don't know anything else. And I think I started to get in that habit a lot of the time during school and, you know, after growing up and my parents didn't tell me what to do for sports and, you know, things like that. But um, I think what I had more control over, you know, what I did for my own choices, I think that really helped me. I thought back to, if I don't do this, I might not be 
you know, comfortable, but I also might not be uncomfortable. So you don't know, you have to really put yourself in a situation where you're, you're putting yourself out there, you're trying something new. And, and that is a change. You are getting out of your comfort zone. You're not stuck in that revolving door where you are going constantly in the same circle. I think to get out of that daily routine where you're uncomfortable with the change, you just have to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. I love that you said stepping outside of your comfort zone because I was actually scribbling that down as you were talking and I was going to bring that back up to you because that's exactly what it sounds like your parents made you do all growing up is get into all the different sports, be the seven-year-old black belt on the bus. That was really creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and be comfortable in those uncomfortable situations. And then you mentioned there for a second, you hit a little phase where you weren't being pushed to go into sports anymore and you kind of regressed a little bit. How do you now make sure that you keep stepping outside your comfort zone a little bit? I mean, do you, do you like look back each week and look at yourself like, wow, I didn't do anything new this week? Or do you have a proactive list? How do you make sure that you keep just stepping out a little bit more and more? I would say, honestly, I hate being bored and I hate doing nothing. And I know that's not everyone's way to you know, push themselves into change. So saying that's not going to help anyone. It's not realistic. What I like to do to try to avoid that before I get to the situation where I'm sitting inside, I have nothing going on, or I look back in the last few days, I've done nothing. I try to set goals for myself where either during the week, you know, I look ahead at the weather. Is it a nice day out? Should I go for a walk? Should I go for a bike ride? Um, you know, what can I do on this day that, you know, is going to change up my daily routine and, you know, maybe make myself a little bit more active because obviously that's something I, you know, everybody struggles with being active. If you're not, you know, enthusiastic about working out, setting a goal for yourself and making sure that you're planning things ahead. Because for me, it's rare that I'm just sitting down and when I'm bored, I say, Oh, I should probably do that. So I try to plan things ahead and I try to, you know, set up my days on, you know, weekends where um, if I know that I'm going to have a big chunk of time, I want to make sure that I'm filling my schedule with things that one, it might be something I don't want to do, but I set a time and a goal for it. Or I set a time and a place for it. And two, it might be something I don't enjoy. So I just know I need to get it done. When I get it done, I'll self-reward. I think that's definitely something about change too, is the self-rewarding, self-motivating. If I just have a task that I absolutely know that I'm not going to do it until the very last minute, if I'm procrastinating, a lot of the time it won't get done. <laughs> so I know if I self-motivate, if I can set something up for myself afterwards, set a timeline, a goal, you know, stick to it, I'm going to feel so much better once it's actually done and over with. And I'm at that point where I can self-reward. That's awesome. And I feel extremely lazy now because I don't set goals to even do things on nice days, but that has got to be the easiest way to get the ball rolling. <laughs> No, I'm serious. It's got to be the, the easiest way to get the ball rolling. Look ahead at the calendar, at the weather forecast, and set a goal to go on a walk the next time it's going to be 75 out. They can't be any easier, and there can't be um, a better self-reward than walking around in sunshine. But I really Absolutely. like how, I like how you, you broke it down there in real two phases that get you through it all. Set a goal to get it done, and then give yourself a reward after it's done 
so that you felt good about accomplishing something. And then the cycle just keeps going over and over. And day by day, you keep stepping out a little bit more. That's awesome. That's awesome. I want to touch on one last thing. I know that through other conversations that we've had, you're one of the people that sets New Year's resolution goals and actually sticks to them. So can you talk to me a little bit about how you make that happen? How do you hold yourself accountable when you say you're going to change something or you're going to do something? How do you not just be like, ah, yeah, it was a good idea, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, it's actually funny. I was never really good at setting a new year's resolution when I was younger and sticking to it. Um, I think I liked the idea of it better than actually doing it. Like most people probably. (laughs) Um, so for a while I stopped setting new year's resolutions because mine were mostly, Oh, I'm going to exercise five days a week, which I hate exercising if it's going to a gym. So <laughs> obviously in winter that I fell pretty short with exercising, but if um, it's something where, you know, I know that I can actually do it and it's attainable, that's when I really stick to a challenge. So for me, I, I wanted to, and this might sound silly too, but a change that I wanted to implement in my life just to see if I could do it was not eating red meat. Red meat was my absolute favorite meat. I ate steak, prime rib, you name it, every single day, every single opportunity that I could. And I think I haven't really set too many challenges for myself in life where I've said, you know what, I'm going to do this just because. And I wanted to see if I could actually do it, if I could stick to it. So that was actually over two years ago now. And I kind of just haven't stopped because I don't really know when to, but um, (laughs) I I don't really have anything against eating red meat. I just haven't stopped at this point. But it was funny because I didn't think that I was going to be able to do it, but I just made a small change where I, I wanted to say to myself, hey, can you do this? And can you actually stick to something that, you know, lasts? And I did it. And it was very hard to accomplish at first when everyone around me was still eating red meat. But I just told myself, you know, sometimes you really have to have, you know, self-motivation and you have to really keep yourself engaged with why you're doing it. There's no reason that I needed to do it. I just wanted to. And I realized you have to want to do something. If I told myself, I'm going to change my complete diet at one day, snap of the finger, I'm not going to want to cut out all the bad food in my life. But, you know, actually it's funny now that I cut out the red meat, I do feel better. Um, like my diet in general, I think I felt kind of sluggish because I ate it so much. So doing something so small like that, sticking to it, you know, reminding myself now that, if you change one thing, it can really go a long way too. And like I said, I don't really have any, I don't have anything against eating red meat, but you have to want to do the change. You have to stick to it and you can't turn back on it because if you, if I say I'm going to do a year without eating red meat and then in three months I just eat red meat again because I just got bored of it. You're not going to stick with the changes that you really want to implement. So I would say to anybody that makes a new year's resolution one you have to want to do it two you have to be realistic about it do something that's as silly as giving up red meat if you want but if you also have something that's more meaningful for your life for your lifestyle i think setting 
goals, being realistic, um, definitely doing the self-rewarding is a way that you can accomplish it. You know, maybe I didn't eat a steak that day when everybody else did, but maybe I treated myself to a nice snack instead, you know, replacing what you think you can't do with something else helps. That's perfect. And I think you hit all three pillars perfectly. You set the goal, you have your, your what's in it for me and you want to do the goal for the red meat one. Sound like it was more just personal satisfaction to prove yourself that you could do it. It and was. Then, <laughs> and, and then you wrap it all up with the self-reward and then uh, praising yourself because you were able to get that goal that you wanted. I think that's, that's the perfect and the most simple way anyone has ever explained how to get through change. Set a goal, even if it's something as simple as go walking on a sunny day, have a what's in it for me and want to do it so that you can get out, get some sunshine, a little bit more exercise, and then reward yourself for sticking true to it. That is, that is perfect. When you want to give up on maybe you're that one month, two month in, what do you do? Do you go right back to that what's in it for me and why am I doing this? And just keep reassure, reassuring yourself? I think so, actually. So I set that goal to just give up red meat for one year just to see if I could do it. And honestly, after I did it, I just never, like I said, I never really thought, oh, I should go back. But um, I would say, I think it was more that I just knew I wanted to, I wanted to get this done. I wanted to see if I could actually do it because making that, change in my life meant something to me. And if there's a, if there was a time where I wanted to, you know, have a steak, <laughs> I think I kind of just told myself, you only have a little bit longer, you know, there's an end to this too. And it got to the point where it became so natural and normal to just make a different choice instead that it was very easy. And I, really didn't feel like I needed to give up and make any changes. That's awesome. Great insight as always. Really appreciate you coming on here and having a conversation. Wrap it up for everyone listening. couple sentences. How do you get through change? What do you got to do? How do you make sure it stays? Well, from the personal aspect, I would say start with something that you know is attainable. You don't take on too much at once. Um, definitely self-reward to, to self-motivate yourself. Make sure that it's something that you actually want to do because if you're like me and you don't want to go to the gym five days a week, you're probably not going to. <laughs> um, choose other options instead. You know, Find something that works for you and be realistic. Um, if, you, if you're looking at it from a work perspective, I think making sure that if you're somebody that's leading change and managing it, make sure you communicate well to the team that you're working with. You have to make sure everybody fully understands why you're doing the change, how it's going to help them, how it's going to help everybody else involved. Awesome. That's perfect. Figure out what you want, set the goal, give yourself the reward. That's great. Again, thank you so much for being here and uh, hope to have you back on soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Embrace the Suck with Brendan. We know you've got a message that can help somebody else right now, and we need to hear it. Reach out at wheelahandevelopment at gmail.com or through Facebook and LinkedIn at Brendan Wheelahan. 
Tune in next time for more stories from everyday people embracing everything life can throw at us. Until then, stay strong.